This is the Martin Luther Sermon Podcast, and this is Martin Luther's Sermon on Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. This was preached on the third Sunday after Trinity. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. For more information on the Luther Sermon Podcast, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. This sermon is from Luther's House Postal, a reading from a translation published by J.A. Schulze, publisher in Columbus, Ohio, in 1884, text and translation that's in the public domain. First, the gospel lesson, Luke 15, 1-10. Then drew near unto Jesus all the publicans and sinners to, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance." Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found this piece which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Luther's Sermon This is one of those comforting gospels which is preached all the year round. In it, the Savior teaches that his office is that of a shepherd who is to follow and seek to rescue the lost sinner and to save him from falling a prey to the wolf, that is the devil, and from eternal condemnation. Such truths the Savior was preaching in the presence of the publicans and sinners who had come to hear him. When this was observed by the scribes and Pharisees, they murmured, put an evil construction upon it, and took it as an evidence of carelessness. For a pious man it is becoming, they thought, to associate with none but pious people. However, the Lord defends his action in a masterly way. He tells them that he is doing nothing more than others do even in matters of less importance. He refuses to accept the given rebuke of the Pharisees and defends his actions as being perfectly right. The important question here is, how are sinners to be approached and treated? As two different parties, though both pretended to know the word of God, hear meet, so their answer to the above question is different. The scribes and Pharisees know nothing of the word of God except what Moses teaches them in the law. The law, however, teaches throughout, God is merciful to those who are pious and keep his commandments, but on the other hand, he will punish the wicked who do not keep his commandments. Therefore the scribes and Pharisees draw the inference that it does not become any man to deal with sinners otherwise than God does. And because God is angry with sinners and does not accept them, it becomes pious people not to accept them either, but to let them go their way. The same conclusion also is drawn by our own reason. As soon as a man arrives at a true knowledge of his sin, he is inclined to think that God is angry, that there is no grace for him, but that all calamities must come upon him. This is seen in Adam and Eve. As soon as they had eaten the forbidden fruit, they felt accused in conscience of having sinned against God and therefore hid themselves and did not want to be seen. This also is noticed in little children. 
when they know that they have done a wrong, they will hide themselves. It is the nature of sin to make the heart timorous, so that it fears wrath and punishment. On the other hand, where a man is convinced of his innocence, he feels secure and cares nothing though others condemn, for the heart is confident in its innocence, and doubts not that the guilty one will be found out and the innocent will escape. As a heart that feels itself guilty cannot, on that account, do otherwise but give way to fear and to despair of all grace, so here the Pharisees judge concerning sinners. They know that publicans and sinners have thus far been following a sinful occupation and now dread, dread the conclusion, nobody ought to associate with knaves and show them any favor, for God himself does not favor them but rejects them. He wants only pious, God-fearing persons who are not burdened by such gross sins. But consider, if such opinions were right, that God has no patience with poor sinners but will inflict punishment upon them, what would become of us? Where would he have his people and a church? For although not all be given to gross external vices, many a husband, thank God, has committed no adultery, and many a hand is not killed nor stolen nor done anything which is dishonest and wicked, yet before God we must all confess that we are sinners. We see in experience that within our hearts there is nothing good, though the hand, mouth, and other members of one may be more blameless than the members of another. God, however, judges the heart. If he would withhold his grace and reject the sinner and have nothing to do with him, as the Pharisees here decide according to the law, it would follow inevitably that no man could be saved. That their argument proves too much and that their opinion is erroneous, the Pharisees themselves will have to confess. For this reason, our Lord Jesus expresses another judgment, refutes the answer of the Pharisees altogether, and arrives at the opposite conclusion, namely, that God is no enemy of the sinner, and that he does not desire his death, for which reason he, the Lord Jesus, could not be the enemy of sinners either. He has come into the world to seek and save the sheep that had been lost. This example should be followed by all men, especially by the ministers of the gospel. Uh, as what is lost in the house is diligently sought, so should they be ever active in seeking those who are lost spiritually." This is a doctrine and preaching far different from the doctrine of Moses and the preaching of the law. It had not originated in our hearts, but has been brought by the Son of God from heaven. As also John the Baptist saith, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. For this will of God, that he is not angry with sinners, that he will not condemn them on account of sin, but much rather be gracious unto them and save them, is unknown to all men. We rather know and feel the contrary, for as we have said before, sin always causes us to be afraid of God. But now our dear Lord Jesus, by his gospel, teaches us a different treatment of sin before the judgment of God, that God will not be the enemy of sinners, but will graciously accept them, and that there will be joy before the angels in heaven over, over those sinners who repent and are converted. This doctrine we should the more earnestly heed because our reason teaches the reverse, so that we may comfort and support ourselves against an evil conscience and against sins. Whoever will resort in such temptations of conscience and to his own heart, reason, or understanding, will surely be altogether helpless and will fall into despair. Therefore all depends on this, that we, contrary to our hearts and conscience, admit the teachings of the Savior and say, I am a poor sinner, this I cannot and will not deny, but I will not despair on the, that account, as though God did not want me, 
Because my Lord Jesus Christ saith that a sinner is like a sheep that is strayed from the shepherd and is now lost in the wilderness, such a lost sheep he will not leave in its condition, but will seek it and return it to the flock. In these words, the Savior assures us that he will not reject us on account of sin, but that he will diligently seek to deliver us from sin and to make us partakers of his grace. The Gospel and other places points out ample reason why God will not cast away sinners. In St. John chapter 3, we learn that God is no enemy of the world, but that he so loveth the world that he gave his only begotten Son as a Redeemer in order that the world by such a sacrifice may be comforted and not despair on account of sin. Although God could have helped us in some other way, yet he chose to redeem us by his only begotten Son, who took upon himself our sin and paid its penalty so that we have no reason to doubt the sufficiency of his ransom. For it is evident that God must have more pleasure in the suffering and death of his Son than he can have displeasure in us and in our sin. Because these reasons, the Lord Jesus expresses in our gospel a peculiar thought in regard to these matters. He tells us that he cannot do otherwise than to be with sinners, to seek them, and to do all that is necessary for their salvation, that it is with him as it with us men. When a rich man who has $10,000 loses a thousand by theft or otherwise, he feels as though he had lost all. That which he has left does not afford him much comfort or pleasure, as the portion which is lost gives him trouble. This is our nature, and may be called improper as far as temporal things are concerned, for here we observe that God leaves us more than he permits the devil to take from us. Hence we should not suffer ourselves to be troubled so much on account of temporal loss, but comfort ourselves because we retain something or even the largest portion, and because God can provide for us daily and increase our possessions. This disposition I also have, our dear Lord saith. Sinners are my purchased and earned goods and possession. I have purchased them by my suffering and death, and it is impossible that I should not be grieved and do all to restore them in case they go astray and forsake me. I have paid a great price for them and cannot but be sorrowful if they fall a prey to the devil after all. Therefore, as soon as one sheep goes astray, I cannot help but make the impression as though all the rest did not concern me. I must follow up the lost one and seek it and save it from being caught by the wolf. So a woman who has many children loves them all and is not willing to lose one of them. If one of them takes sick, this sickness will make a difference between this child and all the rest of the children. The sick one will be the dearest to its mother, and she will take care of it more than all the rest. Now, if we would judge the love of the mother by her care, we would have to say, This mother loves only the sick child, not those who are well. So the Lord says, It is with me in regard to sinners. Here we have the heart of the Lord Jesus described in a most friendly and lovely manner. It is impossible to present him in a more charming and pleasing light because of the anxiety, care, trouble, and labor which he devotes to the restoration of poor sinners. He refers us to our own hearts that we may realize how we feel when we lose anything which is dear to us. This, he saith, is the condition of my heart. It is tossed and restless when I see the devil leading a poor soul into sin and misery. For this purpose also the Savior makes use of the parable concerning the lost sheep and the good shepherd. There is no condition more miserable than that of a sheep that has left the good pasture and strayed from its shepherd. It cannot help itself and is in danger every moment to be caught and devoured by the wolf that is watching for it. In such danger the sheep is helpless and cannot, and can do nothing to protect and save itself. A sheep is the most defenseless among all animals. 
Such also is the helpless condition of a sinner whom Satan has enticed from God and his word and led into sin. In this condition, he is not safe for a moment because our enemy, the devil, as St. Peter saith, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. In such a danger, it is our only comfort to have a shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, who interests himself in our behalf and seeks us, not for the purpose of punishing us on account of sin and of casting us into hell. No, this is the object and purpose of the devil, but for the purpose of finding us, laying us on his shoulders, rejoicing and carrying us home, where we shall be safe against the wolf and enjoy the very best of care and pasture. How such seeking of the sinner is done, you all know, it is done by his word, which is preached and spread everywhere. From this we learn what a misery and burden sin is which brings eternal damnation on us, but it teaches us also the great fact that God, out of paternal love for us disobedient children, was moved to deliver us from such misery by his Son Jesus Christ, and that he requires nothing of us except to partake of such deliverance with thankful hearts, to believe in the Lord Jesus, to observe God's word, and to render cheerful obedience thereto. When this is heard by the lost sheep, or poor sinners, and they begin to trust in God through such preaching, they pause and ask, Why was I such a foolish and miserable man that, having had such a gracious God, I did not yield to his will, but submitted to the devil and was led by him into disobedience? What good will all the money do me after which I am craving? Would it not be better to enjoy a moderate temporal gain, which is considerably reasonable by everybody, and which may be enjoyed in honor and with the sanction of God, than to be accused of unreasonable usury and to enjoy neither success nor happiness? What good does all celibacy and licentious living afford? Would it not be better to be married and to have a good conscience than to live a single life in sin and disgrace and be in constant dread of the terrible judgments of God? What good does all riotous living and intemperance and eating and drinking do you? when followed by bodily disease, sudden death, and destruction. Hasten to return, and break off such sinful habits, ere God's wrath o'ertakes you. God is willing to be gracious unto you, if you are only willing to accept his offer, and did not sink deeper into wrath by such willful sin. Those who heed such warnings, and put their trust in Christ, are found, like lost sheep, by Jesus the Good Shepherd. They listen to his voice and apply to him in all confidence, and he takes them upon his arms, forgiving them all their sins, and affords them all shelter and defense against the wolf and other wild beasts. Here we learn the great difference among sinners. The one thing, they are all alike, they serve the devil and are disobedient to God. But in another respect, they differ. Some, and that the most of them, remain as they are by nature in sin, and do not change the least, though they are preached to and instructed ever so much. They comfort themselves and say, There is no danger. God's merciful and will be glad at any time to receive me when it suits me to ask pardon. I will first fully enjoy the world and afterward go to church, hear the preaching of God's word, and be pious. Sheep like these hear the voice of the shepherd, but they do not want to be found. What are the consequences? They go astray more and more every day. They are entangled more and more in the snares of the devil without being able in the least to free themselves. This we have occasion to observe in the world always. People are even drowned in their avarice, licentiousness, rioting, and other sins. It becomes their second nature to live in their sins, and they think they cannot live in any other way. We should guard against such a course. 
but rather flee to the good shepherd as soon as we hear his voice, that is, repent of our sins, not continue to live in them, but return and amend our ways and trust that our shepherd, Jesus Christ, will not leave us in the wilderness, but accept of us and reconcile us to the Father. Repentance, however, does not mean merely to amend our ways externally and to appear pious, but also to trust in divine grace for Christ's sake and to believe the forgiveness of sin. Such sinners the Savior will accept. He would gladly accept the others also, but they do not want his help, therefore he must let them go. Because they do not want to be found, they may remain in their lost condition as long as they please and see what becomes of them. Thus our gospel lesson not only assures the poor sinner that their good shepherd, Jesus Christ, will seek and accept them as sheep having gone astray, but also teaches us our duty toward this shepherd that we should hear his voice and follow it. This also is taught by the narrative of our gospel. The people had been publicans and sinners, but they drew near to hear him. And what does the Savior tell them? Nothing else but that God is merciful to poor sinners in Christ Jesus and wants to save them. All he asks of them is to suffer themselves to be entreated, not to go astray any farther, but to return when they hear their vo- the voice of the shepherd and not to resist the Lord Jesus when he offers to carry them back to the fold as he has already paid and rendered satisfaction for their sins and reconciled them to the Father. And because God has done so much for us and has bestowed his grace abundantly upon us, It is meet that we should not despise his directions and disregard his word, but do something to please him. Let us therefore well notice these teachings, in order that we may be prepared against the temptations of the devil in our own hearts, and overcome all desponding thoughts as though God would have no patience with poor sinners but condemn them. For such thoughts are to be found in the heart of everyone. Against these we should be well armed with the word of God, and especially should we take to heart the figure which the Lord himself here uses, namely that he is a shepherd who causes his word to be preached in all the world in order that the lost sheep may hear and be saved. Therefore, if you know yourself to be a lost sheep which has been enticed and led astray by the devil far from the right way, then take to heart this sermon of Christ. For your sake it is preached in order that you may repent, that is, that you may be comforted by the Lord Jesus and his grace and be freed from the snares of the devil, and become better. As you fear the devil, so be afraid of neglecting the voice of the good shepherd, but return at once and hasten to follow him. Then you are safe, and the angels in heaven will rejoice, who will then delight in being with you, and by their presence and protection defend you against all the dangers of the devil, whilst the impenitent sinners cause all manner of sorrow, grief, and sadness to good angels, are deprived of their protection, and are in danger always and everywhere of being lost eternally. The Lord, however, does not end his teaching with the parable of the shepherd and sheep, but adds another about a woman losing a piece of silver, that others may learn to follow his example and not to reject the poor sinner, but to seek him and lead him to repentance. For the first parable has reference only to our Savior Jesus Christ, for he is the only true and good shepherd who does not despise the sheep, but gives his life for them in order that they may be defended and safe against the devil. The other parable, however, about the woman, refers to the Christian church, which has the ministerial office, that poor sinners may be led to repentance and may be delivered from eternal death and condemnation and be saved. Like the shepherd, she rejoices when she finds the piece of silver, 
She lights a candle, the word of God, and sweeps the house, that is, teaches how we may become pious and comfort ourselves before God and his judgment by the grace of God and Jesus Christ. By this kind of preaching, the church finds the lost piece of silver. In this way, the word of God is highly honored and praised as the only true treasure which takes away sin and all the misery that is caused by sin, such as death, damnation, and hell, that we may be no more sinners and enemies of God, but a joy to the angels in heaven and to all saints on earth. Therefore, we should highly esteem the word of God, cheerfully hear it and take it to heart, and love and esteem those who preach it, in order that we may enjoy its blessed fruit, be saved from our lost and ruined condition, and be happy forever. May this be granted by the dear and faithful shepherd of our souls, our dear Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Ghost. Amen. This has been Martin Luther's sermon on this gospel text, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church. For more Luther sermons and for more information about the Luther Sermon Podcast, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org.